The following is a production of Hannah Publications and Riverside Radio Group. Welcome to this week's edition of the Washtenaw Citizen Sports Podcast, getting you caught up on what's happening around the local sports scene in Washtenaw Parish this week. Now, here's your host, Matt Reynolds and Jake Martin. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you back here for another edition of Citizen Sports. Uh, it's available every Wednesday on WashtenawCitizen.com and a pub.podbean.com and available for download on iTunes by searching hannahpub.com or Hannah Publications. You can get all the podcasts from the Hannah Publications Network, Franklin Sun, Concordia Sentinel, and Washtenaw Citizen. Matt Reynolds here along with Jake Martin. And first of all, uh, Jake, when I talked to you last week and you said that the rain was pouring down on your roof I would have never expected to see the type of uh, historic and catastrophic flooding we saw in Washtenaw Parish. Um, you know, a heart goes out to over, you know, f- 5,000 people that have had property damage or lost their homes. And, you know, a lot of these people uh, in that area, of course, did not ever think their homes would flood in some of these areas. Um, just just a, a really a, a shocking week. Um, I think a lot of people are, are starting to kind of come to the real- realization that uh, we just got to move forward. But Wow, uh, something unprecedented you experienced over there last week. You, you summed it up very well, Matt. It was uh, it was an unreal situation last night. Uh, you know, I went to the Sterlington West Washtenaw game, and on my way to Sterlington, you know, you could still see uh, there were there were high waters everywhere. And, and and in fact, I went to OCS before that, and uh, Maverick Wilhite told me that the, the OCS football practice field is still underwater, and this was on Wednesday. Uh, on Tuesday, sorry, and uh, then then I went to the game uh, last night, Tuesday night, and uh, I, I just heard some people around me saying that they lost everything uh, in, in the in the hazardous weather and the, and the flood. And um, also, you know, Mark Sims, he told me that's the Sterlington baseball coach. His his family was affected by it. There were there were a lot of people affected by it, and it's just. You hate to see uh, this happen, and it, it just came out of nowhere. You know, I, I don't think right. anybody anticipated this and jake you know one thing to point out uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get to the sports but you know the i just look at it like this it's a great thing that it happened when it did because at this time of the year the rivers normally aren't as high as say yeah. in may that could have been a lot lot worse you know it, it was terrible a lot of people lost their uh, their homes uh, some people lost their lives um but you know there, there's a silver lining and everything and um there are some there are some positive stories that came out of it too, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I want to get to, of course, the LHSA Top 28 Boys Tournament down in Lake Charles. We had, uh, you know, two local teams, Jake, that went down there. That you know, I went back and listened to one of our podcasts from the beginning of basketball season. We sort of predicted them to be down there, and um, the results. Uh, I don't know if we could have imagined how how crazy Wasman's results would have been but uh the results were probably what you would uh have expected with Washita but uh you know facing a really good team in Scotlandville but I w- want to talk first about CJ Jones Jr who, who flat out made a name for himself this year before the top 28 tournament uh you, you've watched this kid all year you've watched this team all year of course the story has been repeated over and over his dad comes over after building a great Washita program he comes over to his alma mater Wasman uh, and and pretty much just turns this program around, puts them back on the map. CJ, 
he's he's known nationwide after a buzzer beater in the semifinals to beat a 34 and 0 in the state of Louisiana Peabody team, the number one seeded team, and and send these Wildcats to the finals, and then the madness ensued, Jake. It did. Uh, there are a lot of things I'd like to touch on here. First, I kind of want to go back to what you said. We 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 anticipated Washtom and Wasman to to both be there, um, and even last week we were kind of talking about the games, and I really did feel like Washtom had a better chance to beat Scotlandville than Wasman did to beat Peabody, because though I haven't seen Peabody this year, I kept up with them all year, and they were hanging a hundred points on folks. My dad got to see him play against Fidelia this year, and he, and some of my friends did too, and they all told me you know nobody in three A is going to beat this team because they're just that good. And Wasman doesn't. Wasman's talent is probably pales in comparison, but it's it's the coaching aspect. You can go back to that last um, podcast, and that's what I told you. I said I feel like Peabody will jump on them, but then uh, Casey Jones will make uh, you know you know he'll make some adjustments, and and uh, Wasman will get back into it. Now, did I anticipate uh, a half court be, uh, buzzer beater to to beat them? No. Um, and a funny thing about that is uh, on Twitter, one reporter, before the game happened, he, he reported, uh, he tweeted, great uh, matchup between the point guards uh, with, with Peabody's point guard and, and CJ. I won't mention the, the Peabody point guard. But <laughs> <laughs> the throw Peabody him under the bus. Uh, he did uh, that to himself, though, Jake. He, he did. He tweeted back to him and said, uh, who, who, who is this uh, CJ or who are you talking about? And, uh, you know, talk about learning lessons early in life. I'm sure he'll never forget C.J. Casey Jones Jr. ever after that no. half-court buzzer beater. But, you know, I've talked to both Casey Jones and uh, Casey Jones Jr. about it. and It's, it's, it's really cool. It's, a, it's such a cool story. And, you know, Casey told me, he said, when his son made the shot, he stood there and he was just frozen. And, and it took him a while to kind of realize what happened. You know, you can watch the videos. As soon as he hits it, the team r- rushes over to him, tackles him, and they all embrace him, and they're all going crazy. Casey Jones was actually the last person to get to his son. And he said, you know, when, when he got to him, he said, you know, big players make big shots and, and big games. And he just told him that he loved him. And it's just such a great story. Uh, Wasman's back on the map, and, it's, and, and Casey Jones and his son have a lot to do with it. And a, and a great column this week available tomorrow in the print edition of Washtenaw Citizen, um, but also available on WashtenawCitizen.com. Uh, a great column on exactly what you just touched on, Jake. But can you set up that play for people that just think it was a buzzer beater? It, it, it's a little more to it than that. It was madness. Uh, Peabody actually had the ball last. Um, they had the, the final possession, and it was tied at 57 and the Peabody guard drove the lane, and Anthony Caesar made an incredible block, and mm-hmm. the ball's going out of bounds, and Daryl Comanche dives, grabs it, and throws it to CJ. And at that time, uh, I think it was like three seconds left, something like that, uh, Casey Jones was thinking, should I call a timeout here? He was kind of thinking about it. He saw uh, CJ beat a trap and was heading up the court, so he didn't, uh, which you see that a lot now with like NBA teams, especially with the Warriors, and you know Steve Kerr never calls timeout. He let Steph Curry take those half-court buzzer beaters, right. but – uh, you know, Casey let his son take the shot, and uh, he sunk it. And you know what's funny about that too is CJ told me after every practice they practice those half court shots. So 
he, he says that he was confident in that shot. And man, that, it was such an incredible moment. It, it really was. And, you know, especially looking, I think, down 14 some at halftime and then that comeback. And then I tell you, after seeing the halftime score, I, I pretty much didn't think Wasman had a prayer. And then to see what happened, I, I, I pretty much, I think I text you when I saw the shot. I was like, oh my God. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no other, well, for one thing, it went viral all across the world. I mean, people know who CJ Jones is now because of social media, but for this kid, a guy that, that you and I know such a great example of what a student athlete can be for, and, and it, for him to be in, the coach's son, and the first year the coach comes back to alma mater, Hollywood can't write it, bruh. But That's if, it. They, if they would have went on and won the title, of course, you would have. there would have been no way. Uh, you would have thought this would have been possible, but it didn't happen, Jake. They got there in the Saturday against a team that probably nobody in 3A would have had a prayer against, not even, especially Peabody. University not, not with level. the way they were shooting. No, not with the way they were shooting that night. And that's what Casey told me. He said they were making off-balance threes and, you know, the big guys were making shots. He said we had good defense, which, you know, Wasman's had good defense all year. But he said when they're making shots like that, it's, you just have to tip your hat. It's their night. Yeah, and um, – I- after you know seeing how well that university lab played, and after hearing it was their third straight uh, state title, I, I did a little research, and they have um, Skylar Mays, who's committed to LSU, six four one ninety. Then they had uh, Wade Sims, small forward, six six two ten, committed to LSU. Then they have this Jalen Johnson, who's going to be committed probably to an SEC school. So they they were loaded, and uh, another great effort though out of Casey. Uh, I think he had 31 points, uh, but it was just, like you said, uh, it was University Labs night, but Wasman uh, got their shining moment in the sun, and, and that's a good thing. Um, I want to move on to Washita. Uh, they, they lost in the semifinals to uh, you know, a Scotlandville team that was very good. They both These teams knew each other very well, and uh, Scotlandville was able to just really just keep control of the game, most of the game, Jake, and, of course, Scotlandville went on to play – Washita's uh, district foe, Natchitoches Central, in the finals, and Natchitoches Central ended up winning the 5A title, avenging their, their loss to Scotlandville last year. Having said that, um, I know you talked to Coach Madison. How did he feel after the Lions come up short in the semis? Well, he was disappointed, but he was also uh, proud of the accomplishment. Um, when they played Scotlandville, he felt that they could have had uh, – Maybe maybe an advantage in the paint, but Scotlandville did have two guys. One was six five and one was six four. But Jay Head is is Washita's best avenue for success. I feel, and um, he said they just really didn't utilize that, and um, they they kind of had them. They were right with them in the first quarter, and then uh, you know Scotlandville went on a sixteen to two run, and after that it, they just never could close the gap, and it was just all Scotlandville. So. It's it's tough, but it's a good learning experience. You've got Jay Head coming back. You've got a young Willie Lapool coming back, who's right. only going to get better. Um, I think the the ceiling's high for for Washington next year. And as a first year head coach, that's not a bad a, a bad uh, season to go to the Final Four and and be in the top twenty eight. Yeah, two first year coaches with their school taking their team to the yeah. top twenty eight, and uh, you know. You mentioned that about next year with Washita, and, and that's what we do as, as sports reporters, look ahead. And, um, you know, Wasman 
we, I, w- I wanted to mention that to you, bringing back some ammunition. Of course, losing a couple great players in Anthony Caesar and El- Ladarius Thomas, but Casey Jones, uh, you know, coming back along with I think a Zach Smith, Comanche will be back, and th- and there'll be some new guys there too to to fill the slate. So th- things are going to stay up, I think, for both Wasman and Washita. One of I think that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, staying with hoops though, Jake. I know you have. Um, some gears to grind uh, with LSU basketball as anybody who has kept up with this team this year has to be just, well, at this point, probably pretty much, uh, I, I guess you would expect to see something like this out of this team, but for the, the, the disgraceful showing in a semifinal of the SEC tournament, a chance for you to, to get the win and possibly go on and get the finals win and assure yourself in the tournament, because you knew you probably had to get that to get in the big dance and for them to come out and just, uh, what, <laughs> you know, uh, Johnny Jones, after this season, you would, before the season started, you have to say, well, this guy could, you know, bring this team where it needs to be, get him back to the, you know, the, the days of Dale Brown, get him back to the final four. Um, after this year, I, I think a lot of people are calling for his head. I mean, amazing what, how one season can, can transform the whole, uh, you know, aura of this program and, at the same time, you have Ben Simmons that's going to be the number one pick in the draft. It's just bizarre, Jake. Yeah, I don't know where to begin. Really, the the feeling that most people – I guess most people feel relieved at this point that it's all over. Um, you mentioned the Texas A&M game. That first half was the worst half of basketball I've ever seen. Johnny uh, Jones didn't LSU think so. Team. Johnny didn't think and so. That's, Johnny didn't think so. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, he he wow. said that he thought they had good energy at halftime, and that's that's where he really dug his own grave. I don't there. think he knows what that, um, in it, the word energy means because uh, that that it was a, a, apparent after the first twenty minutes of that game, LSU was buried and in the ground. Exactly. And here's my thing, uh, Matt. This is this topic's been thrown around a lot. I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think Bill Simmons is still the number one pick? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if I'm if I'm an NBA team, uh, looking at the way the NBA has changed in the past, you know, ten years, I, I don't take Ben Simmons. Uh, but especially after it was clear in the last ten games of the season, maybe even longer than that, that he was done with LSU. Um, you know, he he got his numbers, Jake. There's no doubt about it. He put up his numbers. But like I believe my friend Glenn Gilbo said, they were really hollow numbers. And, um, you know, he if anything, I, yeah, I think Ben Simmons hurt the team, if that's even possible, more than he helped them this year. Because he, he certainly sent them into the postseason. By the way, of course, LSU turning down the invitation of the NIT, sent them into – um, you know, the off season for LSU with a very sour taste in their mouth. And it's going to be, I think, hard for them, Johnny Jones, to recover from this. I saw a stat, and it really blew me away. Uh, ben Simmons was one for three on, on three-pointers this year. How was how that possible? How is he not <laughs> – you know, when the game's on the line, how is he not taking no. – I know he likes to play down in the paint, but – that that I was like just one for three really right. and and you know you mentioned it earlier that you don't think he's the number one pick because of the way the NBA is going I, I'm assuming you're saying that because of his his uh, shooting ability right and if, if you if you're a suspect shooter man I don't know I just mm. don't I don't see how you can really fit into this new 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 age of, of yeah. basketball well, Steph, and, Steph uh, has changed got, the game in the NBA and. 
Yeah, that, exactly. I think that's what they're looking for is, is guys like that and, and Westbrook and, and people that that's what the teams are going to be looking for in those top picks. Now he's going to be a top pick, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not impressed with, with what we got out of him this year, Jake. And uh, I, I think that most people would say the same thing. And that's why I think Ingram might have the edge edge over him as far as number one pick goes, uh, because he, he's a way better shooter and, you look at his size, if he puts some muscle on, he's going to be a heck of a basketball player yes. in the NBA. But as far as Simmons goes, I, I'm, I'm a little torn because you look at him and, and what he can do with the basketball, he is he is undeniably talented, and he mm-hmm. will be very successful. But I don't know if I want him as the best player on my team right now or, or as, as the leader of my team because it, it didn't seem like losing bothered him. You know, he didn't right. have that extra gear that, you know, Kobe Bryant has and all these other greats have that, you know, they want to win and they'll do anything possible to win. And, and you know, if if he's lacking that, if he doesn't care if he if, if he loses games right now or doesn't care if he makes it in the tournament, and, and I'm only saying this because that's that's the way it looks because he's not being assertive. He's not, you know, trying to take the games over when he's obviously the best player LSU has. I wonder what NBA GMs think of that. Yeah, that extra gear is what was blatantly obvious, that lackadaisical attitude that you know it seemed like he had at times on the court. Uh want to also mention locally as far as college basketball, buzzer beater takes down ULM and ends their season in the CIT tournament last night. Jake, um, a 58-57 win for Furman. And, uh, you know, ULM came into the season as a favorite uh, you know, in the Sun Belt, ended up losing in the Sun Belt Conference title game. But uh, their season is over after a one-point loss last night to Furman. Um, it's going to be a fun t- uh, tournament to watch, though, as far as the big dance this year. I don't know if – I'm sure you filled out your bracket. But it, it's it's one of those years, like, it could be a number of teams that could uh, show up there at Final Four at the end. I have filled it out. Before we get to March Madness, though, I want to ask you one more question about LSU. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think Johnny Jones should have bowed out of the NIT or just ended the season and not even given his team a chance to get an invite? I, I think that if – I think Johnny Jones had a lot to gain if they went to the NIT and, and won it. I think if you – they definitely had the talent to do it. Um, you know, if they are their college athletes playing at the highest level of, co- of college sports and, you know, to be disgraced like that, I think they wanted to prove that they weren't that bad. And if you talk to every player on the team, I don't know. Maybe some of them didn't want to play in the NIT. But it's hard for me to believe that that whole team just said, yeah, let's just quit and call it a year and go out looking with like uh, clowns with egg on our face because that's exactly what the national media and basketball fans all across the country think about Johnny Jones and Ben Simmons right now. That's right. And did you see Johnny Jones' excuse, though, as to why he didn't – as to why he called it quits? Which one? He, he said that uh, – <laughs> Hornsby, he said, without Hornsby, and and reports were that uh, Antonio Blakeney was um, was ill in the last two games and was still sick. He said, mm-hmm. with without Hornsby and with Blakeney sick, uh, he didn't feel like that would be a proper representation of LSU. So, uh, <laughs> oh, because that's what they've been doing the past ten games is properly <laughs> representing LSU. You know, that's just politics speak for out of Johnny Jones, who you know I. I I remember going to the Monroe uh, Civic Center 
the summer he was hired, I was in September, and they were doing the, you know, the, the Tiger Tour, and he and I and I remember thinking, man, this is a great hire because I, you know, knowing Dale Brown being down covering sports at LSU, just like you have, Jake, uh, you know, I love Dale Brown. He's and, and Johnny was a product of, of Dale, and he was pushing him. And after Trent Johnson, I just was excited to have something else uh, there there at LSU, and it's just it's been a this year has really just left me with a sour taste. That's, that's uh, how I feel about it. Yeah. And, and that, and I've gotten to cover uh, Johnny Jones team in 2013 and, you know, he's Johnny Jones is a great guy. He's, he's a great quote. He's easy to talk to. Um, he's a very likable guy, but just this whole season has, has, has really tarnished his, uh, his legs. He's going to have to go. Some people were saying he's going to have to go to the tournament or, or he'll be fired next year. I think he's going to have to do more than go to the tournament next year. I think he's going to have to make an incredible run. And that's, that's going to be tough to do because you're, you're probably losing Tim Quarterman, uh, mm-hmm. as well as Ben Simmons. And there are talks that Blakeney might be gone too. And if Blakeney's gone, then I don't know what you do. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to the Tigers next year because uh, I can only go up from really where they are right now. Jake, I want to jump to baseball that didn't much of it get played. Uh, obviously, none of it got played around Washtenaw Parish last week, but we had a couple teams that were got some action in. But, uh, you know, that's some amazing pitchers uh, came out from around West Monroe High School. Uh, just seeing that much water in the school on the – on the fields, I just it's it's hard to wrap your mind around if if you know the area because you just would never expect that. But uh, you had a great story this week about you know a lot of these local players did get together to help out some of these uh, areas that were hit real hard. Yeah, it, that's what that's what I've really you know I've only been here for maybe uh, probably about four months now. And, Miss uh, Lou implant, you are. Yeah, yeah. But like I've really grown you know grown to admire. Uh, this place so much because it all started on Twitter. I started seeing some kids that I follow. They started tweeting, you know, if y'all need help, uh, call us. We're going around and helping people. So I started calling coaches and asking them, you know, what they knew about it. Sure enough, uh, you know, West Monroe had had 35 to 40 kids going to to First West Baptist Church and and uh, volunteering to helping uh, helping being sent out to where they're needed and mm-hmm. and. The more team, more coaches I called, the the more I found out that pretty much every team in the area was was doing things like this, uh, just going around the neighborhoods delivering sandbags. Um, you know, Washtenaw Parish coach told me that he he couldn't be more prouder of his guys if if he won a state championship because yeah. this is and and that's true because this is what this is what it's all about and, and right. you know it's helping those in need and. I just really tip my hat to all these teams and all these coaches and uh, all these players that that thought more uh, that made good of a bad situation. Right. And, and you know, it, a lot of people did lose their homes and a lot of people needed help. And there were some uh, helping, helpful, and uh, willing hands uh, that that wanted to to serve their community. Yeah, it's amazing. Time and again, uh, terrible situations brings out the best in people. And um, yeah, I want to. Talk about specifically, we're on baseball. What you witnessed last night as finally area baseball get get some action in on the Diamond Sterlington uh, in West Washita. Two teams that had great seasons last year, of course, have a lot of pedigree in the sport. Pretty good game you saw over there. It was a very good game. Um, you could tell the rust was there uh, in the batter's box because 
you know, I think there were maybe a total of nine or ten hits through nine innings. Uh, now, there were some very good, very good pitch performances. Luke Honeycutt of West Washita was was excellent through seven innings. Uh, mm-hmm. You hate to see a guy uh, pitch that hard and, and do that well. He got stronger as the game went on. I think he had uh, two strikeouts in the seventh inning alone. Um, you hate to see a guy pitch that well and not get the win. Uh, obviously, he had to get pulled because it went into extras. Um, but I, it was my first chance to get to see uh, West Washington's Zach Watson. And oh, is this yeah. guy the truth or what? Yeah, he's the truth. Yeah, believe the hype on Zach Watson, a, a guy that has been, you know, in Paul Maneri's eye since he was in eighth grade. He's been watching this guy. And, uh, you know, he's really, you know, I know you talk to Coach Mitch Thomas uh, regularly, Jake, and I know he tries to shy away from – shining the spotlight totally on Zach because they do have a it's a great program they have over there he's he's really taking them to the next level especially you know with without him I I don't think you see them in the semifinals year after year and this year of course he he's trying to make a statement with his senior season before he heads down to Baton Rouge and Alec Box Stadium yeah and and even uh Sterlington head coach Mark Sims he was he was like he he was full of praise for for Zach. He he couldn't believe some of the plays that he made, and uh, it's just it's really cool to see uh, a guy that that accomplished that that's going to be going to LSU in, in action. And you know, for Sterlington kid, a senior left footer, Jake Lilly, he made an incredible highlight reel catch. Uh, there was a ball hit in foul territory, and I didn't think he had a chance to get it, and he dove and caught it and ran into the fence, but he held on to the ball, and it was. It was easily the best play of the game, and I got to give a shout out to Jacob Barr for for Sterlington. He got the RBI single to give the Panthers the win, and that's a, that's a huge wow. feather on the cap of of Sterlington beating a team like West Washington. Yeah, yeah, it is, and a team in Sterlington that I don't think a lot of people expected to to be able to beat a team like West Washington this year after losing so much off that you know district championship team last year. Just real quick, going to run down West, uh, as far as uh, local baseball teams' records. West Monroe at six and three, Washington six and five, as well as West Washington at six and five. Sterlington also at six and five after that win last night. Neville three and nine, OCS now eight and five. St. Fred's three and six, and Claiborne Christian two and two. And all those teams will be getting plenty of action in over the next few days and uh, softball of course getting picked back up too Jake I was able to watch a little bit of the Sterlington win over Mangum uh, last night in softball and that is a big big win for Sterlington I I knew they were good I've seen the Sterlington softball team twice this year they beat FP 20 to 2 and uh, then they they come back though and beat this uh, Mangum team that was in the semis a year ago great Great program over there with Scott Wilshire. Beat them in Mangum. That's going to be a tough team. Watch for them a little bit later in the year. It's uh, hopefully we can get things back to normal this weekend, Jake, and um, and get some baseball action and spring football. Of course, is uh, going to be kicked off real soon. Around high school is already kicked off at the universities. But you can check Jake out on Twitter at Jake Martin SEC. You can check me out at at by Matt Reynolds. You can see our stuff at WashingtonCitizen.com and check every Thursday for the podcast on WashingtonCitizen.com or available on iTunes as well as another many other formats. Jake, it's been another good week. Glad you could be here, buddy. Take care. Stay dry over there. Quick, quick Marsh Madness pick. Who you got? I like Kansas. Give me I'm the taking, favorite. Give me the favorite. I'm taking Michigan State. Oh, yeah. A couple favorites there. I like them. I think I have them playing in the title game, so maybe one of us has got to be wrong. 
It's been another good one. Thanks for joining us, guys. Children.